This podcast is part of the Big Heads Media Podcast Network. Go to bigheadsmedia.com for more great podcasts. Hello, listeners, and welcome back to another episode of The 1970. I'm your host, Ed, and joining me, as always, is fellow PhD Talk contributor, Mark Damon. Mark, it's been quite a week. How are you hanging in over there? You know, I'm doing quite well, seeing as I saw it coming and all. You did. I have to say, in our last podcast, you you were down on PSG's chances against Dortmund in the Champions League, and I was optimistic like a fool, and you were proven right. Um, you know, not since... I would say the Hindenburg, have we seen something so grand fall apart so quickly in the span of a week? I mean, the news stories from birthday parties to Neymar criticizing the team. I mean, things have just fallen apart rapidly. And so let's just get into our fast five topics. The loss to Dortmund last Tuesday. 2-1 defeat. Erling Haaland had a brace. Neymar did get a goal, a crucial away goal, but overall that that performance was as disappointing as it can be. The result, I think, is kind to PSG, but they were thoroughly outplayed from the very beginning, and they're lucky to get that goal. Um, Is this the same old PSG? Well, exactly where do you want me to start? (laughs) Because there's a lot of places to start here. I guess we could start with the starting lineup. If you want to go there, if you had any discrepancies, all right. You know what? Yeah, yeah, because that's a good that's a good place to start because it allows me to to cover a lot of ground and a lot of what I actually want to say here. Okay. So, look, I am not really a negative person by trait. Like, I'm actually a rather positive person in my everyday life. I know that might be hard for some of you to believe, but I am honestly. And I feel like when I'm negative, it comes from, and I wouldn't even call it negativity, but I think it comes from a place of understanding the reality of of a situation. And let's go back to the end of last year, to 2019 in December, when PSG switched to this 4-4-2. Beforehand, they had been playing a 4-3-3 that had been fairly effective defensively. They had been shutting out most teams They looked like a very competent defensive team, but for whatever reason, whether it be they needed to score more or they wanted to get more of their better players on the field at the same time, they went to a 4-4-2 or a 4-2-2-2 or however you want to describe it. They went to a more open offensive formation with all of their attacking players on the field at the same time. Now, what did that lead to? That obviously led to more goals, but it slowly eroded PSG's ability to defend and they were getting lazy in league on and they were starting to leak goals. It didn't hurt them because they could score four or five goals a game in league on and make up for the two or three that they gave up in the back. So to a degree, it was a bit of a, a fool's gold situation where yeah, they were winning, but their defense was deteriorating. So, I think Thomas Tuchel had a sort of a catch-22. At least he believed it to be a catch-22 in that I can play my 4-4-2, but I'm playing a team that can score a lot at home and is a much better home team than it is a road team. 
So if I give up four or five goals, there's a chance that I can lose the tie in the first leg before we even get it to the park. So I think in an effort to sort of control the game and try to limit Dortmund's scoring, they went to a more conservative 4-3-3-3-4-3 hybrid. Yeah, it was like and, three at the back. And just real quick, let me cut in, just so people are aware, there was Keeler Navas in goal, Kempembe, Silva, and Marquinhos with a three at the back, and then you had Kurzawa, Verratti, Gay, and Munier with Munier and Kurzawa as kind of like the wing backs, and then in front of them, Neymar, Di Maria, and then Kylian Mbappe is the lone striker. So go ahead, I just wanted to let people know what the lineup looked like. All right, that that's fair. So they go to this formation that is more defensive, it's clearly more defensive. It's clearly there to cover for PSG's uh, fullbacks, Meunier and Kurzawa, who just aren't the best uh, cover backs, fullbacks in the world. We obviously know that. That's not a secret. So PSG compensated for that. And for about, uh, what was it, about 65 minutes, it kind of did what it needed to do yeah Dortmund got a goal in the 69th minute and it was kind of like a scrappy goal Holland just got to the ball yeah, before but it, was Navas, off but... Of a, it was off of a counter yeah I remember it was off of a turnover in the midfield and Dortmund countered and the ball kind of pinballed a bit and Holland got to it and he finished it and that's what he's supposed to do and then the second goal was after the, the equalizer when PSG uh let up for a bit now okay mm-hmm. let me back up a little bit because that those I understand why he did it. I understand his thought process. He wanted to maneuver the team in a way that matched the situation at hand. I understand that logic. But the problem with that logic when it comes to managing a club like PSG is that you have a lot of mental midgets. And I know that's not a PC word to use, but that's the best description I can come up with. They're mentally deficient, mentally inferior when it comes to their ability to play big games in a loose and aggressive manner. This is a team that defaults in big matches to just naturally being conservative. It's their default position for any major big match in the knockout stages. They want to play conservative, and that's led by, and I'll, again, there's a lot to cover, so I might kind of bounce around a little bit. Yeah. But what Tuchel didn't get is that PSG needed to be shaken out of that. That's the kind of thinking that got PSG to where they are, which isn't great in these situations they're always conservative they're always safe in situations where they can afford because of their talent to be more aggressive and to be more physical and to be more loose about how they play PSG's strength right now is not its defense and it's not its midfield their strength is their attack and to intentionally stifle that and pull back on it and essentially play without a central striker for the entirety of the game and make one substitution the entire match to keep the shape 
what you are saying is that I don't trust my team to be able to hang with Dortmund straight up one-on-one. We yeah. have to kind of gimmick our way into maintaining the maybe kind of advantage that we have. That we're not going to lose by a lot. We're not going to we're not going to give up four or five goals. We're going to be compact. We're going to try to do a lot of you know a lot of safe passing. But in and, a sense, can't you understand why? I mean, you like you said, you can understand why he did that. They're such a good home team. That atmosphere is incredible. Holland is at, scoring at an incredible rate. Yeah, no, I I get that. Yeah, I I understand why he did it, but it doesn't make it the right decision. The right decision is to play to your strength regardless. Do you remember a few years ago when Man City played Monaco mm-hmm. in that round of 16 where there were like 10 goals yes. between the teams yeah. in the one game? Like, that's how PSG should play these in this situation. They should say, look, we have to play a certain way, and we've been doing it for two and a half months. We have to play to our strength if you play to your weakness or you play to hide your weakness what you are doing is you are inviting players who are naturally known Mm -hmm. for being soft for being safe for not being aggressive and not playing up to their abilities in big matches you are giving them permission to do that does that make sense? I it hope makes, that sense. makes sense. I mean, you could probably count on your hand how many times we've played it three with the back. I mean, Look, never play that way. I mean, go back I, to the four-three-three formation. Yeah. If you're going to change things, I don't know why you go to a completely no, foreign it's, formation. Yeah, it's it's not. It's in theory it makes sense, but when you're talking about PSG, it makes no sense <laughs> because this is a team that needs to play with confidence mm-hmm. and. In these big knockout matches, they don't play with confidence. This is a team that played that has played these games not to lose. And this was another example of playing not to lose. And when you play not to lose, you usually lose. And I'm going to start naming the names now because this goes back a while. Zlat- when Zlatan left, PSG lost the backbone. Mm-hmm. And ever since Zlatan left, this team has been mentally weak. And it starts with, I'm sorry, John Alonghi, it starts with Tiago Silva. He is the leader of the mentally weak parade. He is the he is the baton twirler at the front of the line of all of these guys who are just great players, but they are just absolutely soft. And I'm sorry, he's soft. And you saw it in that game. He was backpedaling. Mm-hmm. He didn't. You want to challenge Holland? You know who was doing all the challenging on Holland? It was Kimpembe. And Verratti coming dropping back. The only guy to put a body on him. Silva couldn't even touch him. Didn't even want to touch him. Didn't even want to come close to touching him. And he was at fault. He gave him way too much space on that game winner. The the shot from distance. Just backed up, backpedaling, like you said. Just let him fire from distance and credit to Holland. It's, but it's it's the Tiago Silva backpedal. I call it that for a reason. And it's his desire. It was his desire to go conservative mm-hmm. that cost PSG against Barcelona three years ago. Let's make no mistake about it. You, we could say what we want about Unai Emery, but Unai Emery did not want to play that far back. That was Thiago Silva all the way. 
I think he came out and has said as much that. Yeah, it's th- yeah. this is a guy who is one of the best center backs of his generation, technically, but he is Cottonell soft. I'm sorry, he's Cottonell soft. Well, what I want to know, and I'll ask you, you know, if you look at that lineup. After the first 45 minutes, it was nil-nil. The game was there to be won. PSG had 45 minutes. And anyone who has even somewhat knowledge of the game could see that PSG were making no attempts down the flanks to attack Dortmund. Uh, Everything was right down the middle. It was long passes. But that was the problem. The problem was the setup. Because he went 3-4-3, and then he didn't put a natural nine on the field. Mm -hmm. Which was absurd. That was his, that was his stupid because Killing Mbappe is not a nine. He no. is not a central striker. No. He's never been a central striker. He, he may think he is, but he's not. That's the thing. I, I, I don't know if he went to Tuchel and said, "I want to play." No, you know. I don't think that's what that was. I think yeah. Tuchel thinks that Killing Mbappe can play that position. He can't. And apparently. Uh, oh, sorry. Uh, apparently, I don't know how true this report is, but Icardi apparently threw chairs and was very pissed off about oh, not sure starting. I'm sure he was upset. Yeah, I'm and sure I, he was upset. you'll never I be able be. to prove it, but I would be pissed if I were him. I mean, he's not been playing great, but here's the, come on. Here's the problem. With, yeah, I know. Here's the problem with, Kill, with Killian Mbappe in that situation. He is a player that needs to play outside the box. Mm-hmm. He needs to play outside the box and downhill. So for most of that game, Kylian Mbappe played outside the box and there was no one to be in there. So what it allowed Dortmund to do was consolidate the field. Yes. Their midfield their midfield line and their defensive line were really close to each other. So essentially to get I'm I'm not a tactics guy. I I, I never claimed to be, but this is pretty simple. Yeah. PSG liked to attack Oh, did we lose you there, Mark? Mark, I think we lost you. I'm still here. Oh, you're still there? Sorry. Um, go back and start your sentence over again. Okay, so, yeah. I'm not a tactics expert, but this one's pretty simple. PSG like to get in between the def- the midfield and the defensive lines. They like to get into that space. Mbappe likes to run into it. Neymar likes to run into it. Di Maria likes to create in that space. Dortmund took that space away, and they forced PSG to pretty much just play side passes to each other and at the halfway line. That was most of the first half, which is PSG playing passes to each other and Dortmund picking them off and going the other way. And PSG had to play those long balls because that was the only way that they could get close to goal because Dortmund just took away all their space. And I'm assuming Dortmund's going to do that again because there's no reason not to. I mean, it worked yeah. perfectly. I actually really yeah. couldn't solve it. I thought Emery Chan, Axel Witzel, you know, even Hummels. All, you know, I mean, all of their players no. that we thought we could take advantage of were just no, – be, because Neymar was so – he wasn't out wide. He wasn't able to create. They took no. away space, and it just stifled because the offense. PSG let him do yeah. it yeah. because they didn't have a central striker. That was the problem. It was a flaw in Tuchel's – uh, game plan. But see, after 45 minutes, allowed- and you, why didn't he change that at halftime? He made no changes. He's stubborn. He's been, he's never makes changes. I've made this up. Look, we had for two years PSG Twitter. Literally, it was, you could set your watch to it. If Unai Emery did not make a change before the 70th minute, you would get a Carl yeah. Oscar tweet <laughs> in the 70th minute. How, why is this guy not made changes? And I said when Tuchel came last year, keep that same energy. Yeah. And it just hasn't been kept. 
and it's been allowed to go. And Tuchel has been allowed to do this, and it came back to bite them again. He doesn't make changes. He doesn't admit he's wrong. He, he made... doesn't adjust. It's a character flaw. You can get past that character flaw, but it's a character flaw. He and made one change. 76th minute, he brought on Sarabia for Di Maria. That was the it wasn't only... a change, though. He just changed the, the... He didn't change the shape at all. Yeah, true. But he made one substitution. He, has, he gets three. He made one. That To yeah. your point, he just refuses to make any changes. Whereas, it looks like Dortmund made two changes. So... And they brought on Reyna, the American, and he had the assist for the game winner. So... It's... <sighs> And let's be clear, Lucien Favre is a really good coach, and he gave yeah. PSG trouble when he when he was the coach at Nice. Nice, this yeah. Is not, yeah. This is no dummy. This is a smart guy. And Thomas Tuchel's a smart guy, too. But you, you get into this rut at PSG sometimes, I think it's the coach, where you're just – you don't want to make changes. You don't want to anger people. And this is the thing of, like, not to bring this back, but it's like – when Kylian Mbappe throws a fit when he gets taken out in the 78th minute of a meaningless game. Yeah. It's this kind of stuff that lays the groundwork for Tuchel being reluctant to make these changes. If I were Tuchel in that situation, you have to take one of those. You have to take You might have to take Mbappe off in that spot. Bring on a Get Cardi. somebody that can just play centrally, can just make runs, make Cavani, Icardi, whoever. Because what was happening was that they were just – Killian was just getting swarmed. Yeah, Neymar and Mbappe would get the ball, and three, four guys would run right on him. There was no space. They took away the space, and because they didn't have a central striker, there was no over-the-top threat. No there one, was nobody that yeah. could hold up. They, there was no one that could win hold-up balls. There was no link-up play because you didn't have somebody that could play with their back to goal. That was so a, everything yep. had to be downhill. That's it exactly was a the point. Bad game plan. Exactly. That was the exact point I was going to say. If you had a Cardi there, he could just back up to the goal. He could hold up the ball while Mbappe and Neymar run off of him. And that little link up play we've seen so often this season, you didn't have that. And so you were left with the players just being swarmed and they would lose possession. Yeah. And then you really saw Dortmund's speed. I mean, it was frightening how fast. I mean, we look at Mbappe and he's fast. They have Holland was incredible. Hazard, Sancho. I mean, they have. Player, they have three players who are just as fast as Mbappe. Maybe, maybe a, a tick slower, but still incredible speed. And we we couldn't handle it. And they just—I'm surprised they only scored two goals. To be honest with you. Well, and, and let, but let's go back to it. Why did Tuchel do this? Why would he go with an inferior game plan like this that we can clearly pick apart right now and see why mm -hmm. it's wrong? Why would he do this? This is the trap that every PSG coach falls into because you overthink it. You get nervous. You get worried. You start seeing the flaws. And you instead of accentuating the positives, right. which is to me what you do in that situation, when you're in a, a, a key critical match, to me you should be accentuating your positives. You shouldn't be hiding your weaknesses. And that's what PSG often do. Their game plans are basically built around, okay, how can we hide our weaknesses as opposed to how can we accentuate our strengths? Too often it's we need to cover our ass and maybe Mbappe and Neymar can do some individual <laughs> stuff. There isn't thought to let's see if we can create a lot of scoring chances here 
and let's try to cover for our defense by being aggressive and attacking. And I think too often this is the case, and it comes from that culture of cowardice. Why don't you think Icardi played? I mean, he scored in the game prior against Amiens. And I think okay. he, here's, he what I, here's what I think he thought. I mean, he's, I think, he's not been playing great in 2020, but, like, he's uh, a great I, striker. Yeah, that, 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 that's part of it. But what I also think he was doing was he was trying to, again, I think he was trying to get a little more defensive cover. Mm-hmm. I think Icardi wasn't going to defend. And I think he wanted a little more defensive cover. I think he wanted Mbappe further up the field to press. And it, it, it doesn't make any sense. It's it's what he wanted. It's what he thought in his head. And that's the problem. He overthought yeah. it. In, in the pre-match- like too many times these yeah. managers overthink things. And it, it it's it's too much about tactics. And I, I hate tactics. Yeah. Because it's like, it's about style of play. It's not about tactics. It's about if you create a style of play... You can fit that style of play into any sort of tactics you want. If there are characteristics to how you play and defend and, and attack, then you can change the formation. It's not that big of a deal. PSG's mentality over the years is we change the tactics, and all of a sudden that's going to create a style of play. It doesn't work that way. You have to play a certain way, and you have to do it all the time. Like, that's why the pep teams are usually successful. Sometimes they're not, but that's why those teams are successful. That's why the Mourinho teams were successful in the past, because you have an identity and you can survive bad moments because you have that identity and you have that way of playing and it's not playing afraid. I don't mind playing defensively. That's not a problem if you're confident in your defending. Like, those old Juventus teams and AC Milan teams, they played defensive at times. But they were but great. They were, they were <laughs> confident about that style of play. PSG played defensively, but they're not confident at all. And that's the difference. Do, do you know what? And, I mean, before the Bordeaux match, which we'll get to a little bit later, Tuchel, one of the things he said is the reason. He, he cited the atmosphere. And I, I'm wondering, he, he obviously coached at Dortmund, and I wonder if he knew what that atmosphere is going to bring and that he thought, my players are going to shit their pants when they're out there. We, we can't play attacking because that, that yellow wall is going to start going, and these players are going to capitulate, and we could lose 5-0, and the tie is going to be over. I mean, he actually cited crowd noise, which I don't know if a manager has ever actually said that a crowd noise is the reason why we lost or something like that. But he actually did that. So I wonder if that how much that played a role in him playing defensive and just saying, like, we got to get out of here, damage control. You know what I mean? Overthinking. Yeah. Well, there are some reasons to be optimistic. I, I wrote a piece about that. If you take the performance aside. Okay, well, tell me the, tell me the reasons. What, well, are your optim- uh, what, are your, what is your optimism here well the first thing is that we're going we're going back to the parts of france where psg is difficult right. to beat other than when they did lose the manchester united but we we've this season we beat real madrid three nil there last year we beat liverpool who would go on to win the champions league we beat them at home i i think that it's just going to be a special atmosphere and i think that they they could get a result i also think that away goal is going to be crucial that 
you know, getting two one is not an impossible result. We can, I think that they can overcome that. Um, it's going to be tricky. Verratti is going to be suspended. Mounier is going to be out, but I think there's some players that could hopefully step up, and and we'll have to see. Now against Bordeaux, Silva did go out with an injury, and from what you're saying, that could actually be a bonus. Maybe that's the reason to be optimistic if he's injured. Maybe uh, Diallo. I, I don't want to say that because yeah. that's a little hard. No, it, yeah, it, yeah. It, it, He's not a ball. He's not a plus. Let's in, the, in against this Dortmund team. He's not a plus. Right. They need speed. They need guys that can actually challenge and defend. Silva's just too positional. It's too soft and positional. It's not like Holland. You need guys that can like hit Holland. Like you have to hit him physically. Yes. Bump him. You can't position your way to beating him. Because yeah. you saw what happened. Silva tried to get in position. Holland just ripped a shot by him. Yeah. Like he wasn't even there. Well, I do like, think. You have to be physical. You just have yeah. And I'll, I'll, I'll make this point too. Yeah. PSG, to win this, I don't think they have. I, I said they have 1%. There's a 1% chance that they do this. The only way this gets done, the only way, is if PSG just say, fuck all of this. Yep. Fuck. And you know, fuck this pressure, fuck all this. We're just gonna play balls out mm-hmm. the entire match, and we're gonna concede, but we're gonna score five and six goals. That's how this is gonna have to happen. Because let's just go mathematically. They there are three situations here that PSG could get something out of. Either a they have to win one nothing, mm-hmm. and that ain't happening. No. So forget that. Dorman's at least getting one, maybe two. At least, if, if it's a if they win the if they win in the first ninety minutes two one, then they go to extra time. Mm-hmm. That's your second option, and your third option is you have to win the match by two. So if they don't win the match by one one nothing, they have to win the match by two, three one four two five three six four. Yeah. So they're gonna have to score, and they're gonna have to just say, "Look, we're gonna concede." It's going to be a mess. We may give up two or three goals, but we are just going to throw bodies out and we are going to, for the first time, just say, we're going to fight this team. Mm -hmm. We're going to fight them hard. We're going to play our game. We're going to unleash our stars. They're not going to play scared. We're not going to backpedal. And that's where I think maybe not having Tiago Silva is a bonus. Because you can at least you could put like Kawasi out there, you could put Kimpembe out there, and it's just this is the game for reckless abandon. Yeah. It just is. And that's one and of I my think, things that I listed as a positive is the four four two system. I think if you're gonna go out, go out with your best attacking players. You yeah. know, play play Acardi, Di Maria, Mbappe, Neymar. Roll the dice and see what happens. So <sighs> hoping. Well we got plenty of other topics. So let's just get let's just move on to the next one. So I wanna know Speaking of Neymar, he didn't play in four games leading up to this match, and afterwards he was a bit critical, saying, like, I wanted to play, they didn't let me to, they didn't allow me to, and they were afraid to let me play, obviously with his injury history in the Champions League. So uh, do you think the club was right in that decision? And keep He was obviously, he scored a goal, but he was obviously a step slow, and he claimed that he was out of rhythm, and maybe he was making an excuse for the loss, but, I mean, it's hard to sit out for 17 days and then come in and play in a high-profile high intensity match like that. So what do you think? I mean, was the club right in doing what they did? Look, I totally understand why they did it. 
because the last two years they haven't had him for the big match. And he's gotten injured before the big match. So you have to you have you're damned if you do and you're damned if you don't. And Tuco wanted to play him apparently. Neymar obviously wants to play every game. I think the medical staff and Leonardo just said, look, he, the guy injured his ribs. It's probably not a big deal. But if we send him out there against, uh, what was the team in the middle of the, they played three, they Dijon. played four games. They play Leon. They played Leon, right? Yeah. If you send him out for like Leon and Amiens and he gets hurt and he misses that first leg. We're going to get criticized. To me, it's like they're going to get criticized whatever decision they make. Mm -hmm. So you make the decision that you feel is best. Look, of all the screwed up things about PSG, I don't think Leonardo's one of them. I think he's like, I think he's one of the guys that gets it. I think he understands the club maybe as well as anybody. And he made a decision that I understand completely. I get why Neymar wanted to play, but they just didn't want to risk him getting injured. It's that simple. And he has a history of getting injured before big matches. So are you just going to, you can't ignore that. That has to, you know, it has to like factor into the equation. So I'm kind of with you. Although I would have played Neymar against Leon. I think that's a kind of a big match, but. PSG won 4-2, so I don't know how much they really needed him. Although Leon did almost come back in that match. But I, don't, I wouldn't have played him against Amiens and Dijon because the criticism would have been way too much ahead of that game against Dortmund. So I would have held them out. You can understand that. However, having said that, leading up to the second leg, I think Neymar is probably going to play in three of the four matches. Well, I guess now he's suspended, so he can't. So we don't have to worry about that. But if he didn't get the red card against Bordeaux, I think he would have played in probably three of those four matches. No, it's just I think that... He'll miss one game, maybe two. I don't think he'll miss more than that. It wasn't objectionable conduct or anything. It was just two yellows. So, yeah, I I just, I can't, that, look, that to me is just an excuse. It's an excuse. It's something to hide the bigger issue. And the longer we don't confront the bigger issue, which, again, is that these these specific players in this specific setup are never going to win this thing, then I think all the rest of this stuff is just us trying to find excuses. And I think, you know, I just, I don't think it's particularly productive. I'll put it like that. Yeah. Okay. Well, speaking of Neymar, he was in attendance at a birthday party on Thursday for, I believe it was uh, Edinson Cavani, Angel Di Maria, Mauro Cardi. They all share a similar birthday in February. So there was a big birthday bash in Paris. Uh, some family members were there, uh, a lot of players were there, some kids were there, but there was, you know, drinking and dancing with shirts off and a boxing arcade game. And I think even Kylian Mbappe got up and was doing a little DJing. So, but this was two days after a champion, Champions League loss, a devastating one at that, um, where they didn't play very well. And a lot of fans were very upset. I mean, I was, ask me what I did after the game on Tuesday. What did you do? I went out and picked up dog shit in my yard because I was so upset. That was a mindless task that I could do that I could just zone out for a minute and be out in nature because I was, like, so upset. And then two days later, these guys are out slamming Coronas, dancing with their shirts off like they just won the Champions League. So, clearly, fans and the players take these losses differently. But do you have an issue with the players doing what they did? 
I'm not one to tell grown men what they can and can't do. It's just, it, I, I, it would be hypocritical of me to do that. With that being said, this is a just, just doesn't feel good. Like, it doesn't make you feel good about the team. And I understand they didn't film themselves and whatever. And I understand that if they, if, it would probably be their preference to not be filmed doing that stuff. And again, they're grown men. They can do what they want. It's, you know, it, it's, that's not the issue. It's just, I get it. It rubs people the wrong way. It's a bad look. I hate that term, but it does apply here. It's just, it's a bad, awful look. It makes them look like they don't care. It, it makes you feel like a sucker. Invites for... criticism from the media. No, but this, talk is, about but this is my point. And I, and I like that I'm tying all these, I'm trying to tie all these points together that I have, which is I am not going to be a sucker for this. Like, <laughs> they, in this, it almost enforces my belief that they're not going to win this thing. And they don't have the feel of a team that's going to win this thing. And they haven't learned any lessons. And on the field, they're going to do the same thing they always do. And then people come to me and they're like, oh, they're going to pull it out anyway. You know, ici say Paris, Paris est magique, all that, all that stuff. And it's like, when you see them partying with their shirts off two days after getting their ass kicked by an inferior team... It makes you kind it you have to pause at that point. It's like, dude, you know, they're again free country, they can do what they want. I'm not gonna I I'm not let me put it this way, I'm not criticizing them. I'm just saying that it's a perfect metaphor mm-hmm. for this club. It just it's perfect. It's like you cannot have a better sort of meme worthy like thing than that it's just perfect it just it, it puts a nice bow on the loss you know what i mean it wraps the it the the it, it it's it's like it's like a nice little thing of mayonnaise on the turd sandwich <laughs> like that's what it, it feels like you know what i mean it, it's like a, it, it's like a it's like a kick in the nuts it, and i get it, yeah. it it's not rational and it doesn't make sense i understand that but that's just the reaction it gives people for me it, it comes across as tone deaf I mean, these players take people's cell phones. Why is Icardi's wife and agent Wananara? Why is she posting these on Instagram stories? You know, take people's phones. You don't need if you want to party, party, do whatever you want. Like you're saying, they're grown men, but like you don't need the the fans and people around the world don't need to see you guys partying two days after a loss. It just feeds into the narrative that you don't care and you're only here at PSG for the money and everything else. So it just comes for me. It comes across as tone deaf, and I didn't love it. So um, I, I have to imagine there won't be any birthday bashes in the near future for psg um to that point you'd be surprised there'll probably be one next month and also it's like i mean i'm a little bit older than these players but like at a certain point a birthday is just a birthday you don't have to have this like lavish celebration like it's just another day you got older who cares all right so we've got the loss to dortmund the birthday party neymar not playing all of this falls on the shoulders of tuchel so do you think that he has lost this team and if he has should Leonardo make a change now? That's kind of harsh and would be really reactionary, but like how much more of this from Tuchel do we need to see before we make a change? If you think that this is a team that should win the Champions League 
and the only thing standing in their way is an inept coach, then yes, you make the change. But I think Leonardo is smarter than that. I think he understands that this is not a Champions League quality winning side and that firing Tuchel now would just be arranging deck chairs on the Titanic, to use another analogy. So, no, I don't think he should get fired yet. I don't think that it not that, not that not because he's this great coach or anything, but because it really wouldn't matter either way. And you might as well fire him at the end of the year. Maybe you won't have to pay him as much in the severance. Um, you, you can't. I don't think Allegri would come in to with two weeks to go before a big Champions League match. I don't think that would make any sense. And you're going to give the caretaker that job? I don't think that's necessarily true. And it's not just him. It's the players. And this is part of the problem to begin with, that the players skate by, and we're just allowed to blame manager after manager after manager. The manager doesn't play. Tuchel doesn't go out there and kick the ball. Tuchel doesn't go out there and take shots. Tuchel stands on the sidelines. The players have to own some responsibility for this. That's true. And... I think we'll wait till after they get eliminated on in March to <laughs> have the have the talk that I think we all need to have, which is I'll, I'll preface it by saying the coach needs to go and like 75 percent of the players need to go. But that, that that's a talk for another time. Um, it would it would seem too premature now, even though we could probably have it now and be safe. I mean, um, in, in Allegri and Pochettino, he's out there, too. You have two managers. I believe Allegri's made it to two Champions League finals, and Pochettino's in one. Sorry, I just dropped my phone. But the, it's not the coach. But it's we just got done talking about how he makes no changes, and he went too defensive. So in some yes. sense, it is the coach. No, but well, what are we going to say? Okay, then it was Laurent Blanc's fault. Laurent Blanc never got him past the quarterfinals, and he essentially single-handedly lost them the – the tie against Manchester City. I would agree. And that's why he was fired. Disaster. Yeah, and that's How why. Many, we just keep firing coaches. Oh, let's just bring another guy in. Oh, he fire him. Then we'll get another guy. Oh, we'll fire him too. The days like, of Arsene Wenger sticking around for no, 30 years or whatever Arsene over. Ven- I don't want Arsene Wenger. That's not my point. It's not about having a guy around for 20 years. It's at some point... You have to look at the players. The players have to take personal responsibility. And the players have to say, well, maybe it's us. Mm -hmm. After all these years, after five, six, seven years of this, after eight years of Tiago Silva, maybe it's him. Maybe Killian needs to play better. Maybe Neymar needs to play a little better. You know, maybe Cavani needed to finish all those chances all those years. (laughs) Maybe Marco Verratti shouldn't be holding the ball all the time and getting himself turned over because he can't make a quick pass out of midfield. Maybes and, and possibilities, but there's no self-reflection. That's the problem. It's, it's one of the problems. We've talked about a lot of problems today, but it's the mental, it's the mental weakness and it's the lack of introspection. And if you just keep firing coaches and keeping the same players and doing the same thing and saying it's that coach's fault, if we get the right coach in, this will fix everything. And then it doesn't fix everything. And then you fire that guy. And then we got to bring another guy in. Eventually, Leonardo's going to come out from <laughs> the 
come out from the box and come yeah. down and coach the team. Like, where, where does this go? You can't solely blame it on the coach. The coach is an issue, and if the coach is an issue, you let him go. I understand that. I'm not saying he should stay, but what I'm saying is if he's going to go, there's about 60 to 70% of these players that need to go with him. And if that doesn't happen, you're not solving anything. There's a, just... there's a there's a lack of discipline and a lack of respect. I mean, Liverpool just lost to Atletico. You didn't see their players partying afterwards. That's because they respect their manager and they know that their manager puts them in the best position to win and that their manager doesn't take off the star players just to prove a message like Tuchel does with Mbappe. I think that with some of the players in particular, there's a lack of respect um, between them and the manager. And I think that carries over to a point on the pitch. And then also, I think, like you were talking about against Dortmund, where he just got the tactics wrong and didn't put the players in the best position and he didn't have any attacking wingers to attack down the side. So, yeah, I don't know. I mean, Allegri was just in Paris promoting a book. I mean, if a deal was going to get done, that seemed like a good time to get it done. But I don't, I don't think it's going to happen. But Tuchel's coaching for his job on March 11th. Make no mistake about it. Um, and then speaking of lineups, we're just going to go to our last topic here, Mark. But what in the hell was that lineup today against Bordeaux? So PSG defeated Bordeaux 4-3 at the Parc des Princes. Sergio Rico was in goal, was an absolute nightmare. I have no idea why he started. You had um, Verratti started in midfield, and you think, oh, that's a good idea. Except Verratti is suspended for the match against Dortmund, and now would be a really good time to you know give some minutes to Paredes or Adrisa Gay you know guys who are going to have to play in that match probably would be a good idea to you know play them um Edinson Cavani was uh, up front he is he going to start against Dortmund I, I really look, hope looking, not looking more likely it's more going. likely but Icardi is the much better player um n- those are the the lineup decisions that I made no sense to me what, you, what is your, I mean, can you, am I missing I, something? I, no, but it's, to me, it's, it's six of one at this point. You, you, it's not, it's not, um, I, I think playing variety is fine because if you do somehow with the 1% chance advance past Dortmund, he's going to play in the, in the other game. You can't just put him on mothballs for two weeks. Bring him on as a sub and for the last 30 minutes. You could do that. But apparently Paredes is not, uh, is you know Paredes has not been in uh, Tuchel's good graces either, and I understand that. I've never I've never been the the, the biggest Paredes fan, and I, I don't think Paredes would have helped against Dortmund either. I think he's the exact wrong player to put out there against Dortmund because mm-hmm. he's another guy that just likes to make three feet. Pa- he, he's another guy that makes that three feet pass to the right and thinks he did something. <laughs> Or maybe um, bring in Kwasi to get some more experience or, you know, keep working maybe. with Idrissa Gay. Verratti is going to do you no good in that match. And I bring him on as a substitute. Just tell him, like, hey, you want to smoke cigarettes? You want to go on vacation? That's fine. We're going to play you in a very few matches. You are upset about this. I am extremely upset about it. And, and like, um, Keeler Navas. Why is he on the bench? Someone said he had, gave like, a, gave him a day off. Why? 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 I don't know why. He gave him a day off. He's a goalkeeper. It's not like he's like, he's not running like an outfield player is. No, I. he gave him a day off. 
maybe you shouldn't have given them a day. This isn't the time of year to give players. They they had like the longest vacation over the winter than they've ever had before. I think was it like 11, 12 days or something? They all went to different countries. That was your vacation time. This is like the business end of the season. Now is when you play. No days off unless you're a variety and you're an idiot and you mouth off to the ref and you got your yellow card and you knew that you couldn't get. Unlike Mounier, who had no idea he couldn't get a yellow card and was suspended. I'm very upset uh, about this. <laughs> you are very upset about this. I'm, I'm just telling you, it's like, you, 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 the reason you're upset is because you still have hope. I do. I did write the piece <laughs> why I'm optimistic. but So I, then I look at this lineup and I'm like, this doesn't make sense. You still ha- you still think that this is going to, you think this is still like, I, I, I'm at a very different place. Let me put it like that. I, I'll, I was watching. I was rewatching this uh, HBO uh, limited series they did last year called Chernobyl, mm-hmm. and it's phenomenal. If you haven't seen it, I it's haven't. phenomenal. It's one of the best things I've ever watched that HBO's done. That they, it's just brilliant. But at the end, one of the one of the, uh, the there there's an interrogation scene. There's the the guy from the KGB is walking out. He says, "Why worry about things that aren't going to happen?" That that's where I am. Yeah. That's about. I'm not worried about things that aren't going to happen. <laughs> <laughs> I still have hope. Two one is not that bad. No, of a, in of theory result. they should be able yeah. to do it. Yeah. But this is a club that has proven time and time again that it won't. But you so... would, you would think <clears throat> you have four games. You have four yeah. games to figure out your best starting lineup. Get players who are maybe coming back for injury, get them in rhythm, match fit, ready to go, locked in, focus. You had Keeler Navis who yeah. had given up seven goals in the previous three games, and he sits on the bench to give a guy who is on loan. This isn't like an upstart who could potentially take over one day. He's here on loan. He's probably not going to be here next season. Why the hell? And then he comes out and boots the ball off someone's ass and scores in his own goal, and then he completely misses a kick and leads and almost leads to another goal. What is the he point of this? He, 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 he he wasn't very good. I mean, he had some saves at, at times, but you know, he wasn't very good. I understand that. And why is Sarabia not starting? I don't think people. I don't think Tuchel thought about it. I think he's just like, all right, let's give the guy a day off. He's, uh, I'm assuming Navas is going to play the next three. I, I can't imagine he doesn't play the next three. So it's not like he's going to be out of match rhythm. Yeah. I guess he thought, let me get him a match off before the 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 next major stuff. He's 33 years old. I don't know. Maybe pulled a muscle dancing. To me, this is just not the the issue. The issue is you have old man Tiago Silva pulling his hamstring in the first fifteen minutes of the fucking match, like, and then he just immediately walks off the field, and it's like, you know, I I, I'm sure he's hurt. I don't know how hurt he is. He he did have a groin injury. He had just recovered before the Dortmund match. He could have re-aggravated that. I'm sure he's hurt. But you know what? It just, it felt like, it felt like, a, again, it felt like just, it felt poetic to see, to just, he pulls it and just immediately walks off the field. Nobody knows what's going on. He walks off, you know. It, well, you know what that means. If, if, he, that if he's going to be out and he can't play, let's just assume he's out for the Dortmund match. You've got Tilo Kara, who's a center back, but he's going to have to be – he's forced to play right back because we literally have no one else who's healthy. You have Marquinhos. No, what they're going to yeah. do is the only thing they can do 
which is go Care, Marquinhos, Kimpembe, Bernat, uh, Paredes, Gouillet, um, Neymar, Mbappe, Cardi or Cavani, and Di Maria. That's what they're going to do. This isn't hard. That's, that's going to be the lineup. Diallo, and is he going to be back in time? What? D- uh, Abdu Diallo, is he going to be back in time? I wouldn't play Diallo. No, okay. Not, not in this situation. No. He, uh, he's been out for a month. You yeah. can't just throw him in a Champions League match. What about Kawasi? They have to- as in a, as a center back, and Marquinhos remains in the midfield. I I don't think so. I think you need to be aggressive. I think you need in if Silva's not going to play, you need somebody experienced in the back. We saw Kwasi score two headers against Amiens. No, and- you need you, you need someone that knows what the hell to do. You can't just have two guys that don't know what they're doing. You know what? At this point, I've seen so much failure from everyone else. I'm willing to give the 17-year-old kid who is very soft-spoken and just goes out and does his job, and you don't see him dancing with his shirt off. I'm willing to give that kid. And if I lose with Kawasi on the pitch, I'm okay with it. I'm okay with it. I mean, if you want to go that route, it, it's it's a doable route. But I just I, I think if you're if we're gonna be realistic about this, Marquinhos is gonna play center back. They're gonna go four two four. They're I mean, gonna go four four two, look, and they're gonna and they're gonna attack, and they're gonna hope to not concede too much going the other way. Well, what about and Dortmund? Look at all the kids they have. What I said. Look at Dortmund and all the kids they have, and they wipe the floor with us. Look. Okay, but that's diff. That's different. It's different because Dortmund are designed in a way. They design their team in a way where they take advantage of that of those youth players. Yeah. They take advantage of those youth players in a way that we don't, um, we don't, it just doesn't, it's not the, it's not the same thing. Dortmund has a culture of that. PSG doesn't really have that kind of culture to, to make that work. So it's just, Kawasi might play, he might get in the game, but they, they, Tuchel's just going to throw all he has at it. Like, you can't hold back, is my point. You cannot hold back. You have to put something like your best eleven on the field, and you can't hold back. Who and do you, you have to, who do you think yeah. has played more minutes this year, Ander Herrera or Tangi Kwasi? I think Kwasi probably has. <laughs> He's played two more minutes than Ander Herrera. I had thought that Herrera would be the person to slide into the midfield with Verratti's absence, but he's apparently injured again. And we all applauded that free transfer, but he just can't. Stay healthy. He keeps getting these like mystery injuries. Like, I don't know. Well, sometimes <laughs> that happens. All right, I'm I'm, I'm exhausted. But hey, you know what? They they did a couple good things in the Bordeaux game. I just want to make you know not to be too negative, but they did a couple good things in the Bordeaux game. They put bodies in the box. Mm-hmm. They have to do that. They have to run to the box. They have to play balls into the box. They have to put the other team under pressure. They didn't do that in the entirety of the Dortmund match. They There was no pressure applied to Dortmund's back line. They were really able to just do what they needed to do and be very productive. If you could put pressure on them a little bit, you can get three or four goals off. It's just you, you – but they, they have to take that risk. And it is a risk because they're they're giving up the, the other end. You know but, who might help with that six-foot-two Kwasi in the box? Just saying. Maybe I'm trying to make hey, the case for you, know, you Kwasi. I know you're no, a big but listener, this the, but this is the this is also the thing that PSG fans do that is com- sometimes irritating. Where it's like anybody anybody that's young, it's like young equals good, and that's not always necessarily the case. And it's like, 
we have had so many young players that we have tried to pump up and make into the next great star. And we've got this thing where it's like Christopher Nkunku is doing really well in the Bundesliga. Yeah. He yeah. was never going to do that at PSG. <laughs> there was no chance in hell he was going to do that at PSG. No, no chance. Yeah. I he, agree with no that. Room, there was no room for him to do that. There was no place for him to do that. There was no roster spot. Maybe that's and the problem like, with PSG. Maybe we need to give these players more room to to grow and play with that sort of passion. Okay, you want to play with Nkunku? You want to play Nkunku over Neymar in the Champions League? Go right ahead. That's, no, no, not not him, but you know, not Neymar. No, I wouldn't well, compare who, those two. Who is he going in for? Who is he going to play for? I mean, at this point, with Verratti's out, I wouldn't mind having Nkunku there with Marquinhos. He's not a midfielder. I mean, he could he, play he there. That he was terrible. <laughs> We, well, we tried him. At, we tried him in eight different positions, and he was terrible at all of them. He could do some things once in a while, but he was also not very good at times. And yeah. it's like he needed to go away to a place where he could just play and get better. And he's done that. And it's, it's like yeah. I hate all of this. We want this guy back, or we want that guy back. It wasn't going to happen. There was no setup for him to do it at PSG. So go somewhere else and, and, and do better there. It's, I have no envy for that. I don't have any regret in these situations. And it looked, and like if Kawasi wants to go play somewhere else, more power to him. I'm not going to lament that. Would you rather have Sarabia or Nkuku right now? I'd rather have Nkuku because Rabio is just horrible. Oh, no, no, but, not, not Rabio, uh, Sarabia. Um, oof, different players yeah. do different things. Just curious. I don't know, but it's, it's, they do different things. And Sarabia probably, again, I just don't think Unkanku would have thrived. Yeah, I just don't think he really. I don't think he would have thrived here. I just don't think that it was in the cards. Again, sometimes you got to go somewhere else. Change of scenery helps. Well, our main event's going to be short because I think I know your answer. But the return leg against Dortmund, you know, Thiago Silva can likely be out. Munier is definitely out. Marco Verratti is definitely out. We have no idea who the starting striker at this point in the season is for PSG, whether it's Cavani or Icardi. We have no idea what is going on. Our defense is in shambles. Midfield's falling apart. Kylian Mbappe and Neymar probably looking ahead of what they want to do this summer. Do we have any shot in hell? Put a percentage well, on it. Why, why worry about things that aren't going to happen? Yeah. 1%. You know, I was at zero percent on Tuesday. I'm at one percent now. It's not. 1%. It's not looking good. It's I mean, not hap- no, it's yeah. not gonna happen. It's okay to admit that. Like, I don't understand this false positivity, or you know, oh, you're being so negative. It's like when people say they have haters. <laughs> you know those kind of people that say, oh, I have haters, or don't ignore the haters. Yeah. Those are the kind of people that are usually the worst kinds of people. Usually those there's a reason people hate you. You know what I mean? There's a reason you have haters. It's because you're worthy of being hated. I'm starting to get some haters. For, and there's a reason for negativity because they suck. Like, well, I'm, I'm sorry. Like, I am sorry that I am speaking to reality and that I'm living in a reality. That's what this is. It's not it, – we. this blind optimism is just going to get you hurt. You're just going to be hurt. And, you know, you can choose to believe, and if PSG somehow pulled this off, 
you can you can yell at me. You can send your hate tweets to me. It's what it. I, I'll be I'll be happy that I'm wrong. I'll be happy that for once PSG didn't disappoint me in a major Champions League knockout ma- round match. I'll be happy about that. It'll be great. <laughs> it's not going to happen, but I'll be I'll be happy about that. And no, this is not reverse psychology. Some people are like, oh, he's doing reverse psychology to try to get PSG. That's not what this is. I genuinely yeah. think they're going to lose. My score right now would be 3-1 Dortmund. I don't think PSG have a chance in hell. Now, they obviously aren't listening to my uh, to my prognostications. So I hope they don't listen to me. Or if they listen to me, I hope they prove me wrong. So if there happens to be one or two of those players that are listening to this, they're not. But if there happens to be, I'll say like, hey... Prove me wrong. Prove a lot of people wrong. Go into that bunker, be you against the world, and prove us wrong. You know, shock the world. Because this would shock the world to me. I mean, if they some... could actually get out of their own way for once and actually put in a clutch performance. At some point, you have got to get tired of being kicked in the nuts every single year in the Champions League. Every year. This is the last this would be the fourth time, the fourth consecutive time that they've been kicked out in the round of 16. At some point you have got to man up and say, "No, this isn't happening." For two years in a row you, now at the party it's not happening. And you got to go out there and do it. You would think so. But, but they, that's not that's yeah. not PSG. That's not Thiago Silva. Do you see that that Thiago Silva quote? Yeah, where he's like, if we got to die what, in the field, we will. What, what horseshit that is. Are you kidding me? <laughs> that, and that's also part of the problem. It's these nonsensical platitudes. It's like, if, we, if we're, it was like, if we're going to die on the pitch, we'll die on the pitch. No, you won't. That, that doesn't sound to me like it was a natural quote. That, that actually was an interview with the club, PSG TV or whatever it was. Yeah. And that seems like something they wrote for him to feed to the fan that doesn't seem like something that he would say naturally i don't think it, but it's whether he would say it or not it's corny as hell it doesn't it doesn't ring true i don't want them to die on the pitch that would be terrible if one of them actually died yeah, no no we don't want anyone dying on the pitch you know what we want we want competence and this is the this is the point we want competence we want players who when the when the lights are on they don't play better but they play as well mm-hmm. like i want the 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 idea of being clutch is not that you elevate your performance that you're able to keep your performance at a high level if you play at a high level against amien you should be able to play at a high level in the champions league it shouldn't be that big of a drop off it shouldn't be it shouldn't be this precipitous and it shouldn't be this should not be painful for people like they should not have to live or die with the club that you already know the die is cast with it's like you're you're tricking yourself into thinking that they have a chance when they don't and it's not like liverpool is like liverpool has a legitimate chance to win four nothing against atletico at the at the at anfield liverpool fans are not worried and you know what? Maybe Liverpool do lose to Atletico. Maybe Atletico comes through. But it's not because Liverpool choked. Mm-hmm. It's because Atletico Madrid took it from them. They played 
and Liverpool and fans are not stressing about this. Yeah, it it's like it's a different mentality, and it's like there's no evidence to say that PSG is going to win this thing. None. There's None. no logic to say it, but yet people will still believe it. And then you know it'll happen, and I'm telling you, it's coming. They they're going to use the ultras. Mm. The club, like they did against Real Madrid. Remember that when they used the ultras to try to like, was it Ensemble La Faire or whatever the hell it was? Oh, yeah, yeah. We're all going to come to the Parc des Princes and we're going to put on our colors and we're going to sing and we're going to sing our way to victory. Remember that? Yep, yeah. As long as you see, it's, you know, it, it, it's like that scene in, in Peter, it's perfect. It's like that scene in Peter Pan in the, in the play. Yeah. You know what I'm talking about? I've only seen the cartoon. Okay, so, okay, I don't know if it's in the... I'm not as cultured as you. Okay, but there's a scene where Tinkerbell is dying. Oh. The, the little the little, the little Tinkerbell, you know, the, the, the fairy is dying. And Peter Pan goes and turns to the audience, breaks the fourth wall and goes, you believe it. it, it, it I think it's like, it's like he says something like, oh no, Tinkerbell's dying. And Tinkerbell's dying because children are not believing in fairies. Children... <laughs> Do you believe in fairies? Clap if you believe in fairies. Clap. And then the whole audience claps. And clap louder. Clap, clap, clap. And Tinkerbell comes back to life. That's the scene in the play. Do you remember? Do you know what I'm talking about? I Yeah. I vaguely remember reading okay, something uh, about I, that. Yeah. Okay. So that's what it's like when PSG does this. It's insulting. It's like, no. We have no say in this. If we go to the park and we clap and cheer for our team... It's not going to make Tinkerbell come back to life. And we saw it's today against make... Bordeaux with the sign where they basically told Mbappe, Neymar, and Silva to grow a pair, and you know they're afraid of lo- afraid of winning. I think it was or something like that. Yeah, afraid of failure. <laughs> no, but that's but that's but that's what this is like, and that's what's going to happen. And it's going to be like, hey, everybody, let's go to the Parc des Princes and let's cheer for our team, and let's root them on. Let's get let's cheer our boys on to victory because all of us together, we're <laughs> unstoppable. It's bullshit. It's always been bullshit. It's up to those players to grow a nutsack and actually come out there and do what they say they do what they said they were going to do for years and finally actually do it. And there's no amount of hucksterism. There's no amount of false, you know, appealing to the fan base. There's no amount of that that's going to matter. They're, they're going to lose. They're going to lose a lot of fans if they come out and play like they did against Dortmund, which is not very good, and they don't look interested, and they just get outplayed from the opening whistle. They're going to lose a lot of people who are just going to give up on this team and say, you know what, I'll show up when you guys are serious about this. And if they do perform like that, I hope every single one of them who plays takes their game check and donates it to like a children's hospital because that is that they are not earning their paycheck if they come out lackadaisical and don't perform well. They should be ashamed to collect a paycheck if they come out and perform like they did in Dortmund. You know, enough is enough. Enough of the dying on the field and everything else. I re- I'm going to, unlike you, I, I think I will. I still have hope. 2-1 is not that bad of a result. I think they can do it. I think the home crowd will help them having that support. But we've seen it too many times. And if they don't get it done, it, they're going to lose a lot of people. I'm not one of them. I'm always going to stick around, but they're going to lose a lot of fans, I think, and people are just going to become disinterested. It's not unlike at Arsenal with the years of losing and no Champions League. A lot of people will just be like, you know what? There's other things I can uh, do that will make me miserable. You know, Or Manchester United well, is mean, another let's, team. Let's put, 
Let, let's put it this way: you're sticking around. <laughs> I'm, I'm sticking around, but yeah, like you're, I, <laughs> you're, you're sticking. You of all people are sticking around. <laughs> I have to. I'm contractually obligated to. Yes, um, <laughs> but it, it, but it's that it, it's just it comes down to just shut up and play. Yeah, just shut up and play. I don't want to hear any talk. You, you've talked enough. They've talked enough for ten lifetimes. Just show up and play. Mm-hmm. Play the game. Play it hard. Play it fast. Stop thinking about it. Stop overanalyzing it. Just go and play. Like yeah. it's play like a team. Play for each other. It, it shouldn't be that hard. But then every again, everything is platitudes, and they have to have these platitudes. And then at, when they lose and stink. There's some sort of excuse that's going to happen, and it starts the cycle over again. Then they sign. Then they'll sign people in June and July, and everyone will be happy and excited again. And then we'll repeat the cycle. They have to, in the end, and, and this will be a longer conversation when they get eliminated in, in March. <laughs> they have to stop that cycle. It's a vicious cycle. They have to get rid of all the players that are going out of contract. They have to go bye bye. And then they'll have to do some other stuff that people aren't going to like. But it's necessary for the cleanse. They have to cleanse their soul of all of this. And just start again, new coach, new players, all pretty much all new players. And have a a five-year plan where they try to be in the Champions League final by year five. But we're not at that point yet. We'll be there in two weeks, guys. But we're not there yet. Yeah, I hope we can overturn it just because the Dortmund English Twitter account, the verified one, has been talking about oh, shit. Oh, they're, they're always on stuff. There's so many Twitter accounts I have to block now. From like, I have, I have to block Barcelona. I have to block Real Madrid. Mm-hmm. I have to block Manchester United. I have to block Dortmund. Who am I blocking next? <laughs> Atlanta? Do I need to block? Who else? Who, who else is next? Who, who gets a? Who gets a turn? I've got a few on my block list, but speaking of social media, I really hope that leading up to that game against Dortmund, I just, you know, I hope PSG, I hope their accounts just go, like, black or something or whatever, red or blue. Like, just don't post anything. I don't want to hear what the players are saying. I don't want to see them in training. Just go silent. Send a message through social media and say, we are focused on one thing and one thing only. We don't, you know, just stop with all that nonsense on the outside, we don't need to hear about it anymore. Just focus on the task at hand. No, and, and, and I don't like superfluous gimmicks, but if they just didn't talk for a week, yeah, yeah, and just didn't post for a week, didn't Instagram for a week, and just said, screw it, we're just gonna go in and we're just gonna focus on this and we're yep. just gonna try to get through this, I wouldn't mind that. I think they need something like that. Yeah. I don't want to see hype videos. I'm done with hype yeah. videos. I don't need to see videos of them working out. That does nothing for me. I don't want to see it. No more hype videos. No more hashtags. Just go dark. And yeah. let's see. All right. Let's get out of here no, with some quick yeah. Twitter questions. Yeah. Eduardo Razo, you know him. I know him. He's PSG talk trooper. He wants to know, you tweeted out, what will cause Mark to switch from a PSG match and watch the movie Minions? Is it Chernobyl? Okay. Would you? Okay. <laughs> well, okay. Well, I, I don't know. I, let's put it this way. I was after PSG lost against uh, against Dortmund. I actually put on a couple movies and watched those, <laughs> which were pretty entertaining. Uh, so yeah, go watch jo- go watch Jojo Rabbit if you haven't. That's that's another phenomenal and a nice a nice kind of movie to watch. It's it, it's it, it, it's interesting, and it definitely takes your mind off of uh, P- 
PSG's suckitude. See, so, um, but no, that was a, that was a tweet at halftime. I'm like, yeah. I was like, you know, I could watch the Minions movie right now, which is actually funnier than you'd think it would be. <laughs> and it just, it just, it just get and not have to put myself through the second half. But PSG were able to yeah. at least not lose, so that was good. That's good. Some people watch movies. Some people like me go pick up dog shit. So yeah. Um, I Jastras wants to know: Can PSG appeal Verratti's yellow card? I think they can, but I don't. They won't. And they, well, well, if they no, did, they, they would lose they, it. Yeah, they, they they can't. Why would they appeal it? There's no way to appeal it in that situation. Yeah. Uh, at Luca Filippazzo wants to know: What chance, if any, do we have of beating Dortmund? We've already said you give it one percent. I'll give an official percentage. I'll say fifty-fifty. I'll give it a fifty-fifty no. shot. You know, I'm, I'm I'm going with the Bernie Sanders uh, <laughs> strategy here. There's the 99 percent that PSG aren't going to win, and then there's the one percent. The one percent is the PSG are going to win, not the 99, the one. I like and it. like 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 the Bernie Sanders model, the one percent controls 99 percent of the wealth. Uh, so this is the one case where you don't want to be a one percenter. That how you like. All right, last question is at PSG Jam Jam. I think you answered this on Twitter, but I wanted to get you on the podcast This because I think this is interesting. If PSG were to lose all of their matches until Dortmund, obviously we played the game against Bordeaux and won, but let's say they lost today. So if they could lose all of these matches and then beat Dortmund after 30 minutes of extra time on a penalty shootout, would you take it? For me, 100% yes. 100% I would die of a heart attack. But I would lose... I would give up the league on title to get past Dortmund. I, I just think it's... No, you it's, wouldn't. Stop it. I would. Stop it. I would. Stop, stop I would. it. No. It's the round of 16. If it was the quarter... If it was the, if it was the semifinal, I would say yeah. But it's the... They would still need three more rounds. But you don't... You we don't know if they would win or lose those. We don't know who they would play. I think you get this monkey off your back. Who knows where this team could go? I'm willing to roll the dice. I'm a gambler. I'm, I, would, I would do that deal. I'm, it, it's such an illogical <laughs> hypothetical because if they lose the next three games, they're probably not going to win the fourth one. <laughs> but no, I, I wouldn't because I don't want to. I because I, then they would just be in the quarterfinal. They'd be out of the Coupe de France. Marseille would have probably gained a game or two on them at that mm-hmm. point. It just it, it yeah. I don't think that I wouldn't take that deal. Yeah, we absolutely cannot lose the league to Marseille. I forgot they were in second place, so maybe I wouldn't do that because that would be horrible. Um, yeah. That's all the questions. I'm exhausted. This was a mentally draining podcast. There was so much to get through. So much has happened. It's been crazy, but we're gonna do it again. PSG is off for a week. They don't play till I think Saturday, the 29th. Yeah. Right? So um, we'll do a show. We'll do a show in two weeks. I think. I think so too. Yeah, we'll we'll let this simmer, and see what else. I mean, happens. although I, it's hard to preview a game that I think they have no chance in. I mean, we'll try our best. <laughs> it might be more Ed talking than me in that case. Yeah, who do we? Who who's up next? Looks like we've got Dijon next Saturday. Dijon, then Lyon in the Coupe de France. That's right, semifinals. Strasbourg. And then Strasbourg. All right. Well, I'm exhausted. So you you do the send out on this one. All right. Well, um, you can follow our, uh, our exhausted editor Ed <laughs> at PSG Talk. You can follow me at Mark Damon One. Um, I will probably write an article after PSG get eliminated. So take a look at, for that March the twelfth. Um, 
I don't know. Is there anything else coming down the pipe right now? I mean, who the hell knows at this point? We still don't know with where the we still don't know where the the Trophée de Champion is. They still haven't announced that, which is annoying me because I'm starting to book vacations and. It could, I, I think Minneapolis of- was the U.S. destination. I mean, PSG are yeah, going I to be in it, and, and they're thinking about a U.S. tour, so it makes sense. I mean, they're not going well, to Asia with the coronavirus. If they're going to Minneapolis, we're asking for some money for that because I, I can't pay for nine vacations in one summer. <laughs> I mean, they're not going to – I mean, they've already done Asia two years in a row, and I can't imagine they would do it again, especially with yeah. the coronavirus. So they're probably going to come to America and Minnesota. It is the great white uh, north. Yep. All right. Well, that's it. Thanks for listening. We'll catch you next time. Au revoir for now.